Hello and welcome everybody back to another episode of the Fit Finance Sessions. Um, uh, the normal three three culprits are here today, myself, Tim Webb and the other guys, Henry and Tom. Um, this week we'll be telling some, about something a little bit different to what we've done in the past couple of weeks, but something nevertheless which is quite important and which I don't know about you guys, but I get asked about quite a lot um, by our clients and something that is quite pertinent in the investment management world anyway, and that is the concept of rebalancing. So rebalancing your, your portfolio. Um, clearly that's not really a high street, high street term, but um, so guys, you know, what is it? For anybody out there that, that doesn't know what it is, what do I mean by rebalancing a portfolio? I think, um, Tim, put very simply, it's, it's just re, it's rearranging the assets held within your portfolio so that they were, they're held with the original asset allocation, the original proportions that, that you set out. So commonly you'll, you'll start an investment at the beginning and you'll have an asset allocation and the asset allocation might say we're going to put 10% in UK equity, we're going to put 10% in US equity, 20% in um, uh, UK bonds and you know 5% in emerging market bonds. It'll add up to 100 but you know for the, for the purpose of uh, dis description here I won't do that. And then over time of course the, the the balance of those proportions changes typically because your your um, your equity element would grow more quickly than the bond element. Shares grow quicker than bonds typically, and so you take some of the profit from those from the shares and you reinvest it into the into the bonds. And the reason for doing so is that as the equity element grows, your your portfolio becomes overexposed to equity. And therefore, you're taking more and more risk on with your portfolio. So one of the reasons is it, it balances the level of risk that you're taking with your portfolio. And you don't end up taking more, more risk than you thought you were going to be taking. And it's a little bit of taking profit and also buying in shares when the, when the market's fallen and gone the other way. Right. Okay. All right. So essentially, it's, it's an eggs in baskets thing, isn't it? Making sure that there's however many eggs you agreed to put in the specific baskets stays that way as time moves on. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But Two eggs in the in the UK share basket, one egg in the UK guilt basket, and make sure none of them are cracked. I think we might be taking this analogy too far. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, great. Okay. And and Tom, is there only one way of doing this, or are sort of other you know different methods that that investment managers use to to go down this route? Yeah. So I think the most common one is periodic rebalancing so um potentially lots of ifa firms over the years have done quarterly rebalancing or six monthly rebalancing or, or annual rebalancing and effectively every time we get to the end of a quarter or every six months then just like henry was saying if we've ended up with say five percent too much in us equities um compared to the rest of the portfolio then we would kind of sell 5% of those US equities and put them back into the other classes and, and rebalance it, reset all the uh, the allocations. Um, so that's that's one way of doing it. Um, our preferred method is actually trigger rebalancing. So rather than um, those points happen at set periods in time, it's more around economic triggers. So if the market hits uh, X level or unemployment rises to this or um, GDP is X, it's it's more letting the the world's economy dictate when to rebalance. Actually, if, if there's a good enough reason to let that portfolio go slightly over those um, 
periodic parameters, then sometimes sometimes let it run because there's there's sound economic reasons to 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 do so. It's not just cutting down your hedge just for because it's that time of the week again. Um, so it's it's making sure it allows to grow in a more dynamic way um, and actually that's shown to provide a lot better performance um, than than doing it necessarily tuesday at 3 p.m every, every week um, regardless of what's what's happening on on economics much in the same way when we're talking about pensions lifestyle funds tend to switch at predetermined times when you hit age 50 that's not always the best time to be making um making those changes so yeah the two main types are trigger rebalancing based on uh, economic conditions and then periodic based on 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 time right okay and what, what about the pros and the cons of this sort of thing because i think someone out there could easily quite say look you know if you're if you're selling from using your example henry where you're selling from the uk equity space let's say that's done particularly well um to then rebalance into the, the lower performing assets um know you could easily say well hang on why would i be selling after something that's doing quite well um that's a, a view that someone could take i mean what what generally speaking um are the pros and cons and obviously this does also depend on the tax wrapper that you're operating in doesn't it you know clearly buying and selling um shares and assets clearly has uh, ramifications so what, what about that yeah i mean i think to take the first half of the first half of that we we can we can create something like a, a strategic allocation, you call it, because we know historically what what risk UK, UK equities return. We know roughly how much they go up and down by over a given year, and also what we think the likely returns are, are going to be over time. Just because you know we look back 120 years and we see that's how the stock markets perform, and typically it performs in a random way, but it tends to perform in, in, in a similarly random way over over the course of time. So, the, so deciding that you should take some money out of UK equity and put it into, into bonds is simply just going to be keeping this, the structure of, of, of the portfolio similar to how, how you would set it up at, at outset. But on top of that, you could take a tactical view on it. So there's no reason to say that, you know, at the moment, I think UK equity is going to perform particularly well. And so what we will do is we'll take a tactical view on it and rather than taking all that 5% growth out, we'll leave 2.5% of the growth in there. So you've still got a slightly larger allocation to um, GEUK equity and, 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 and you've rebalanced slight, slightly less into your bond portfolio. And of course, then you can bring it back to your original allocation and, and in, in, in a, at a later date. Um, so, that, so there is a little bit of care that goes into that idea of, of, of the tactical overlays. Um, and in terms of the tax, one has to be careful, certainly for the various wrappers that it's in. I mean, so if you've got assets held within pensions and ISAs, of course, all gains are totally free of tax. So, so it, it it doesn't really matter when you time when you time the switches and how you time it. For money that's held within a general investment account that doesn't have that um, that tax perk, you've still got your capital gains tax allowance of two thousand three hundred pounds. Um, but for, for people with much larger portfolios, then we do need to be a little bit careful because we don't necessarily want to be creating tax liabilities for them just by rebalancing their portfolio, although that might be the right thing to do. So it's, it's worth having a question, you know, discussion at that point. Say, look, your portfolio is over allocated to UK equity. By making it right, we're going to create a tax liability. 
and then working out whether or not the tax liability makes makes up for the fact that the portfolio is going to be at a higher risk level. I, th- I think there's definitely a case of you can't let the tax tail wag the dog, or I think that's the, the saying. It's um, wag the investment dog. Yeah, it's uh, for example, if you if you have had Tesla shares and they've done really well, and you don't rebalance. Um, I think Tesla dropped off 20%, something like that. Not all asset classes outperform all the time. And generally what was the best performing asset class is often the worst performing asset class in the next year or next cycle or, or whatever it might be. Um, people people tend to get caught up in emotions. When things are going well, they think it will continue to go well. And equally when things are going bad, they think they'll equally continue to go bad. And, and actually... Uh, Every, everything kind of has its value in, in a point of time. Um, so I think that's something to consider. Just in the same way you'd re, rebalance, it's um, sometimes paying a bit of tax and being there to keep that engine going all the time is, is worth doing. And, and, and equally, we're not going into market timing with rebalancing. Uh, I, I do sometimes clients will say, well, surely we should just sell everything that's done really well and get rid of all of that and then go into the next thing. And Equally, we're not going to know whether that continues to grow. Grow. I mean, you look at US equities, they've outperformed for 10, 12 years. You, you would have been saying three, four years ago, oh, right, time to take risk off the table. And it's just continued. It's, to use my hedge analogy, you're just constantly trimming the hedge so it looks really nice rather than cutting it down to the stumps every time and waiting for it to grow back again. And that's, that's, that's more risky. Um, your hedge might not grow back as you expect it. It's just keeping it in a nice condition making it look how it's meant to um, rather than changing the shape of it altogether. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, probably we're probably better at creating analogies than we are advising perhaps, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but one, one could say that's actually the easiest way to do with Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, it's more about having some contextual. I think that's, that's why it's important to get advice. So you're not making these big drastic changes, or if you are doing, you, you're doing them with, um, the full knowledge of what are the implications and when is we don't have a crystal ball but we can definitely make it safer and talk you through the pros and cons yeah definitely and just to that end really i mean one of the most common situations i see for, for new clients is that you know either they're managing a portfolio themselves or, or they have just random investments that they've made over the course of their working life but they haven't been rebalanced over time and so actually going back to what henry was saying at the beginning of those high risk assets or you know stocks and shares not necessarily high risk but um, more volatile assets have done better over time. They've actually ended up swelling and taking up more of their overall pot than they originally intended to, or sometimes in this case, you have had any clue of. Um, so, yeah, you know, if you know, anyone's been listening to this and um, thinks that may be the case, or at least is just interested to find out what, what their uh, pie chart looks like, so to speak, um, then, um, then yeah, get in touch and we're you know, more, more willing to have a chat. Um, but I hope that was useful. Just a short and sharp one today. Um, a bit of info. And um, yeah, thanks very much for listening.